aside, Quinlan Boss's wheel shooter is really fucking funny, though. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPop's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Don't know why I said it to that, but welcome to our discussion of the fourth episode of The Mandalorian, season three, The Foundling. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is Free Solo Paz Visla. <laughs> y'all remember no. y'all remember Free Solo? It was yeah. like a documentary and it was this guy and he was like free climbing and he was trying to climb this really tall mountain. I, I just I really should have said free solo Bo Katan because like she was like, I've been doing that since I was a kid, but I'm just thinking about Paz Visla trying to free climb and Hey, so speaking true. of that free climbing scene, did you guys see that Mandalorian that was so caked up and it focused on his ass for like a really long time? I was gonna bring that up too. I was like the Mando with the ass. I was like, oh, I'm just like a man who's attracted to men. That's why I'm noticing this. But I'm glad that others brought it up because I was like, he has a lot of ass. Good no, for him. No, no, because it was like front and center. Like we just had like a shot where it's like that random man oh. like climbing and his booty right there in the dead center of the screen. No, I was like, Carl Weathers, do you have a fetish? <laughs> Carl! Anyway. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon? On a Wednesday morning? Because that's when <laughs> the Mandalorian... Anyway, sorry. Hi, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender this week is Mandalorian poetry slam snaps because the way that they clap is by like, like hitting the, their like van braces together, which first of all, that's very advanced technology and that's gotta not be good for it. It's like dropping a mic is actually really bad for a mic, but like... (laughs) I just, as soon as they started, like, doing that to clap, I was like, oh, Mandalorian poetry slam. I don't know why it was. (laughs) Interesting, because I was thinking golf clap. (laughs) Um, No, I just thought about Paz Vizsla doing slam poetry. (laughs) Okay. No, because I really like this. I like the baby girlification of Paz Vizsla, this Paz Vizsla renaissance that we might see. And I just, I know people have, like, shipped Paz and did in the past, but, like, the idea of him becoming his own almost symbol of male softness, I would love that. I also say this is a shout out to my friend Mars, who is not a big Star Wars fan. She's only a fan of the Mandalorian, and I, I respect her so much for that. And um, every time she sees Paz Vizsla, she just ignores that it's John Favreau in the suit. And she's like, I just imagine that it's Winston Duke under the suit, which I've thought about so much that... When they revealed that that kid was his kid, even though he's a foundling, he could be adopted. I was like, whose goddamn white baby is that? <laughs> and for a moment, I, I gaslit myself. Okay. You know that there's a Paz Vizsla, like, black series action figure. No, no, that I is, know. Like, he's John Favreau under yeah, there. We have to, the I know, I know that. There. I know we that. We have to and- put it to rest, not just for you, not for Mars. Like, I think it's fine. I believe, I just believe Winston Duke could play a better sexier character Winston Duke please come to Star Wars where we can actually see your face my god please thank you see I was thinking he could be like the perfect fan cast for JCPenney my Mandalorian OC but okay what if JCPenney is actually the caked up Mandalorian that was climbing so true now we're talking I will say the concept of Winston Duke in Mandalorian armor should not be as attractive to me as it is but he's my live action Fen Rao fan cast Stop! Don't do that to him! 
To who? What's wrong with Fenrow? No, 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 Noah. Are you coming out as a Fenrow hater? Fuck you, you nasty, trick-ass bitch. Bitch? (laughs) I'm just throwing you with my mind. Claudia, that was too far. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't get to bully the cis man? As a woman? During Women's History Month? I get to bully the man on the podcast. Mm. (laughs) And you need a month for that? Why not just do it every single day? I don't know. I, it just feels so out of character and mean for you. <laughs> Guys, wouldn't it be fucked up if I just was like started being really, really mean to Claudia? Anyway, because no, I feel that like Claudia and I are like two old people fighting in the old folks' home and they have like a year age difference, but they were both born in 1922. Here's the problem. You're giving the two Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets. The old St- Statler Muppets. and Waldorf. Yes. I fear that Claudia and I are kind of Statler and Waldorf coded when you think about it. You know what's oh. funny is that um, before I came up here to record, Janelle and I were watching the Muppets. <laughs> I'm glad we all thought the same thing at the same time. Anyways, um, yeah. I don't know. Who, why were we bullying Noah? <laughs> oh, anyway, can, Ralph. can I introduce myself now? Yeah, I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is Ragnar Visla's No Good, Very Bad Day. So true. Like, no. imagine you start off your day, you're having a good time, you know, you're you're sparring and you're like, yeah, I'm the, the constant winner. I am the best. And then um, your your weird uncle that almost got kicked out of your, like, family comes back with his baby and he's like my baby's gonna fight you um and then you're like okay we'll we'll play paintball and then the baby fucking (laughs) shoots you three times and so now you're the loser and you're like damn i lost and as you look out sadly across the lake a fucking dragon (laughs) shows up and snatches you (laughs) also fucking swallowed you whole to spit up to their babies later on so also, during your fucking baptism. Oh yeah, during your you, baptism. You got your ass beat by a, Yeah, like you like POV, you are you get baptized and during it you get your ass beat by a giant gator and then your fucked up uncle comes back with his frog child and is like, "Here, fight my child with a paintball." And they're like, "Are you kidding me?" And then the child uses magic powers to beat your ass, and then you get captured for 12 hours in the stomach of a dragon. Like <laughs> Yeah. See, that's this- why it's Ragnar's no good, very bad day. No, literally. They should just move away from there. Also, also that, had, that had to be longer than 12 hours, right? Like there were multiple days. Like I think it was one. I think it was one day. I think no, because Bo-Katan left. Bo-Katan left to go look for him. Came back. Then the next morning they left. They went to the cliff and then they spent another night there and then climbed up in the morning. That's like what would that sure? be like over? Yeah, that's like almost forty eight hours. That is what happened. Just, I thought it was just the like the the scene started at the beginning of the day. No, because remember when her ship's chasing it, they're going into the horizon. Like the sun is setting when she's chasing the bird originally. And then she turns around and is like, oh my god, guys, I know where he is. And they're like, cool, we will sleep on that and go in the morning. <laughs> I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Grogu's fucked up little backflips. I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I know that they're not supposed to look amazing, but oh my god, this episode, they looked awful. I was like, they fully threw a puppet over this child. <laughs> and you know what? 
I think that's returning Star Wars to its roots because you watch the original trilogy and some shit is just, it's just clownery. It's just stupid. And I was like, Oh, it was like funny as shit. I just thought that they were like, Grogu is learning to fight. And then they're like, here is a horrible CGI blob rolling over in the air. It was so bad. It was good. (laughs) I was laughing my ass off. It was camp. I was just about to say that was the epitome of camp. Well, I don't know if it's the opinion. I don't know what Susan Sontag okay, would say about yeah. that. However. I was like, okay, okay, looking camp directly in the eye. Okay, but that was wow. camp. <laughs> no, okay, looking looking camp directly in the eye, that was camp. She had a grandiose artistic gesture that ultimately failed of its own reasoning. That was incredible. So true. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a defender that Carly Class is the only one who got on theme for the Met Gala that year. She flapped and that made it incredible. The rest of you clowns are just putting on outfits. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Jimmy Kimmel's Nepo Baby is not worth all of this. Because he is he is Nepo Baby times two. Not only is he Jimmy Kimmel's baby, so he's experiencing that nepotism. He's also experiencing the nepotism of being Pazvis' son. In this essay, I will. You're so right, though. He, he is the epitome of a Nepo baby. Wait, is the actor is Jimmy Kimmel's son? Yes. Wait, what? Yes, he was also in Book of Boba Fett as the Tuscan child. You didn't know this, Claudia? We've Claudia, we talked wow. about it on the podcast. Mima. I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't realize Wow, the Disney they okay, when Jimmy Kimmel signed his life away to Disney, I think he's also signed away his firstborn child. No, so true. Also followed by You know what? This is how I'm gonna pu- push my agenda. It's Lou Lou Wilson's on Jimmy Kimmel, right? Shut up! <laughs> I'm just saying. Lou Wilson in the Mandalorian. Sha-na-na-na! You bitches need to watch Dropout TV. Stand Game Changer. It's changing reality television as we know it. Before we get into the episode, um, last week we talked briefly about sort of the political aspects of what the episode was talking about and about uh, people who were living in the post-Empire world and how they felt about that. And in kind of like a throwaway line, I was like, like, it's sort of creepy that they're like, I miss anything about the Empire, like, because you shouldn't. Um, And we received an ask about that that basically was like, I think that that topic should be treated with a lot more complexity because there are a lot of nations where the reality is there are things to miss about those prior institutions. And uh, we have talked about those topics with, I think, probably a pretty strong degree of nuance before. That was more just like something I was joking about at the time and not really like a a salient point I was attempting to make. So we have talked about that before, though, in like a more, I think, nuanced and more accurate, balanced way. Absolutely. I recommend checking out like our Andor episodes. I don't know if we get into that topic specifically as that niche way, but I think that pretty well covers a lot of our feelings about imperialism um, and the ways in which people are affected by it. There are a lot, like a lot of conversations to be had about how you focus on the fall of a regime and how those working for the regime have to then integrate into society. There is a lot of conversation to be had there. Um, But in like an hour and a half podcast episode, unfortunately, it was just something that we didn't, with everything else going on, we just didn't take the time to cover it. 
Um, if something like this comes up again, like when we talk, if we go back to this storyline, I'm sure we will talk about it more. But rest assured that that was not that line and that conversation was not did not exist with the intention to be like, this is our encompassing view of what this situation is. So rest assured, we love nuance here on RuPelp's Pod Race. Anyway, let's talk about a big ass bird. The the bird I, dragon. I just want to say, I just want to say, a lot of people are like, oh, they have to, they need to leave this planet. Like they they need to leave this planet. There's too many. I'm like, they're refugees. They they're going where they wherever they can go. What they can do though is stop shooting into the animals. Like as like they show them like with their little fight practice whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's why you're getting your ass beat by giant animals because you're shooting into their habitat. Like it I get it. Like you guys are weapons of your religion, but you guys have lived on planets. Like you know there's animals. Like maybe I thought survival skills would be a part of your fucking training. Like no wonder every single animal wants to beat your ass. And they're like, yeah, I I shoot into their habitat every single day and then I do baptisms in the fucking water and expect something not to come out and beat my kids ass. I just think they're kind of stupid. I would just like to say Living in Nevada is just like that. They really can't help it. I, If you've ever been to the state of Nevada, it's just, that's how it is. And two, to that point, a line that I found really funny in this episode, like incidentally, I think it's Paz who says it is, he's like, if we get too close, it will eat the foundlings. It's done that before. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't the first time that the giant bird has stolen a child from you. Like, what are you talking about? You've lost more than one. It's not even just one line because I watched the episode like a second time with my sister because I watched it by myself and then with my sister. Um, they mention it like twice. Like, yeah, once with the armorer when they're like, oh, yeah, we can't use explosives and stuff because it could it could kill the foundling. <laughs> like, and they mention they kind of mention like, oh, yeah, this has happened before. So we know we're not supposed to use explosives because it will kill the foundling. And then, yeah, again, when they're actually at the nest and they're like, yeah. We can't use the explosives because <laughs> because it it's taken other foundlings and they died. And just like, y'all need to get better security for this, I guess. Because if you don't want to leave, at least take more like precautions against the giant dragon birds snatching up your kids. Like, you're going to lose all your kids at this rate <laughs> if you're going to not leave. I'm just saying, Tatooine is not looking so bad now. Is right? It? Okay. Shut up. I was literally just about to say that. Like, they have some fucked up animals, but if you got, like, some Tuscans and Cobb Vanth, they'll help. It's fine. Yeah, Boba Fett would help you guys, too. This is how we're going to get Cobb Vanth back in The Mandalorian and fulfill my greatest destiny, is just have all of them go, you guys, wait, we should all move to Tatooine outside Cobb Vanth's house. No, because Boba Boba Fett season two being about the refugee crisis. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay. Also, I'm so sorry, but the idea that Din is like next week's episode is going to be Din being to the armor. Like, you know, I'm like kind of worried about Grogu. Kids keep getting snatched up. There's so many creatures. He's little. It's like, you know, those dogs that have special outfits that they wear so they don't get picked <laughs> An up. Angel color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like Din is like, yeah, I'm getting kind of worried about like the kids. Maybe we should get someone who knows how to like, kill a large animal and they bring like 
they bring the Tuskins and Cobb vans to come I was going to say, they're like, hey, Boba, can we borrow your friend Danny Trejo? <laughs> so true. Danny Trejo in The Mandalorian 1, followed by... <laughs> I'm just imagining also, you know how Groku got that little like um the the little pl- chest plate this episode? <laughs> now I'm just imagining him with a Beskar foraged Elizabethan collar. <laughs> so A, he done to bite bitches, and B, they can't pick him up. Or they could. That might actually make it easier to pick him up. When they put that little like new armor on him. Like, they already put it on top of chainmail, and they already, like, they're slaying dragons, whatever. And I was like, what in the Game of Thrones is happening? But then I realized, I was like, he really is just dressing up his child to go to the Renaissance Fair. And (laughs) I just was like, oh, my God, Grogu's just like me for real. Like, my parents were also dressing me up in outfits that I only kind of fit in to go to the Renaissance Fair. And I'm just kind of obsessed with this idea that, like, he's wearing a potato sack with, like, a full Renaissance Fair outfit underneath it. I'm just thinking about how heavy that is all now. Like, so, you know, when Grogu finally takes off that armor, his flips and his, like, little jumps are going to be, like, lightning fast. You're not going to even see him coming. He's like Mary from Psych with his weighted ankle. (laughs) I was going to say he's like Rock Lee from Naruto, if you've ever seen the Rock Lee and Gaara fight. He's leaving after images. Yeah, no, he's, like, basically teleporting around the arena. (laughs) No, okay, because now Din is like, I can't let Grogu get captured. Not because I got digested, but because if they drop him in water he's going to sink like just like his father true <laughs> maybe that is protection though because a creature would come try to pick grogu up and it would grab it and then it would like comically get like clotheslined because grogu's so heavy it can't lift him <laughs> maybe grogu is just like has to use the force to walk because it's like holding him down I'm seated for Grogu getting applied like Mjolnir logic where it's like only certain people can lift him up. Din is actually like, Din actually benches like 800 pounds. <laughs> that's something that they don't talk about a whole lot in the show, but uh, that's actually, I, I did the math on how much Grogu weighs, so, you know. No, because Bo like goes to like grab him or something and is like, what the fuck? Like, how are you doing this? My my dog my former dog Toby was like this where like you you ever have a small dog and heavy enough that he sinks in water. No, 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 your former dog. I assume the dog has passed, but it sounds like you broke up. Like you got like you already got fired. I just meant that he like I I've had many a small dog and they were like relatively light but Toby like he was like a bowling ball so you'd be like oh let me pick him <laughs> why is he so heavy and I feel like that's Grogu did you see anyone really pick him up after like they put the armor on him this episode he's just walking around they're like no that that kid's too heavy that's that's too much for me it's going to be so fucked up when Din gets back and it's like, hi, Grogu, and goes to pick him up and can't. And he's like, oh, God, they grow up so fast. And because obviously Din is like not changing his clothes. First of all, can we get Grogu like some a shirt and some pants? Can we get him a new outfit? Because like he's been wearing that damn potato sack for so long. But Din's going to pick him up and be like, oh, my God, he's, he's getting so he's big. Been wearing that potato sack for more than 20 years. No, literally yeah, since before Order 66. I also, where was his tactical stroller? Because the fact they let him just run around on that beach. The armorer and them were probably like, no, you gotta do your training. You can't be in your stroller anymore, kid. You gotta fucking walk like the rest of them. 
Never mind the fact that he's... No, literally, his little waddle. No, because we need to talk about this. Because in the episode, right before Ragnar gets his ass got, like... (laughs) The, that entire fight was like, what the fuck was the point of this? Because Din's like, no, he has to prove himself. And meanwhile, Groku is like, Groku, I was fully expecting the child to try to fucking punt him. Okay. Like, please. Because no. I saw a tweet, I don't remember from who, but it was a picture of like the judge guy of Din being like, he needs to fight. And the judge being like, my brother in Christ, he is two apples tall. He cannot be here. I, I will say it was a reference to um, Empire Strikes Back when when Yoda's like size matters not whatever and then flips over Luke in in a very corny little thing like it was a reference but in in context it really was giving like Din Djarin bringing his kid to Taekwondo and being like I don't think this kid should be at this level of class. <laughs> No, okay. I've just realized what it what it is, it's reminding me of. It's reminding me of like a rest, uh, like a elementary school wrestling competition, and like Grogu is not in the same weight class, except for he's wearing his eighty million pounds of armor, so suddenly he is heavy enough. Okay, obsessed with that. Something else I will add is that they're like, okay, the judge is like, what weapon? And Din's like, oh, let let the other kid decide. What the fuck if he had been like spear? Like, Grogu can't Grogu wield a spear. That's like, that. Ragnar was like, bitch, the only weapon this child can wield is this fucking darts. Like, if I say anything else, I'm gonna look like a huge dickhead. Ragnar is like, I choose gun. And Din's like, okay, actually, wait. <laughs> Never mind. I, if, if I was Din, I would have been like, dark saber, and then just handed it to Grogu and let him at him. He would have <laughs> just fallen over. He can't lift that. <laughs> I just, I just think, I, I love how they're like, he is the first Mandalorian Jedi in millennia. He's playing paintball. <laughs> also, okay, no, also because when Din was like, I've seen what you can do, Grogu, you can show them. I fully thought that Grogu was going to like force push Ragnar into like a rock or something. I was like, okay, force damn, choking. we're going to get into this early. Force <laughs> choking. <laughs> 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 Grogu, Grogu throws Ragnar into the water and he's eaten by the big fucking alligator. <laughs> I, I feel like Grogu would have the vibe of, like, Cal Kestis in Fallen Order, who, like, he doesn't have any of the orders, like, hey, you should be, like, kind to people. So, like, Cal Kestis just, like, murders animals and, like, beats the shit out of stormtroopers in a, like, fucked up dark side way. And that is giving very much Grogu. And I feel like he should he should do that to some kids in the kindergarten. I think that's funny. That's why they had to remove him, because he was doing that shit to, he would have done that shit to Ben Solo. <laughs> no, but fucking, also, you know when, um... They are strapping the fucking dart shooter onto Grogu. It does take up his entire arm because it's like wrist size for any normal child. But for Grogu, just like, hold on. Now my I cannot bend my little arm because this entire paintball shooter takes up the whole thing. Also, bo being like, you're making him do this. And he doesn't even know how to fucking use the weapon. Are you insane? Bo-Katan, she had that moment, and then she also had the moment later where they were like, she was like, all right, so we have to climb. And they were like, girl, that's a lot. And she was like, oh, like, it's hard. I grew up climbing. And I was like, don't rub it in that you got to grow up on Mandalore. Like, girl, that's so mean. But also, like, the the implication that they have, like, paintball versions of everything. I just, I need, like, young Din Djarin playing paintball, or I need, like, young capture the flag but I, I also need the like the vibe of like when you go to laser tag with your friends and your dad 
Like I, I need that. I need that vibe with Dinchar and Grogu. Like I need, I need all of it. I need all of it. Um, he goes to laser tag with like some regular non Mandalorian friends, and then like him and Dinjarin are taking it like too too seriously. Um, but you know, to confirm that they are like, well, we said they were from Florida, and then we said we were from Nevada, but to confirm they're like backwoods paintball in it, I it's so. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Pedro Pascal grew up in Texas, so I will not lie. If I could go to Galaxy's Edge and and play dart Mandalorian dart paintball, that would be really fun. <laughs> oh no, they got Claudia. Everyone, we have to go now. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ragnar also. Um, when he looks at Grogu for the first, like when they're gonna fight, and he's just like, hmm. <laughs> Why doesn't he have a helmet? I was like, that really is little kid vibes of like them asking too many questions and just like, shut up, kids, stop asking. He's like, supposed he's... to be thirteen, which is funny. Also, is cause... he? Is he? Yeah, a thirteen-year-old. That looks like a seventh grader. Yeah, which is like the same age that like Padawans usually like go from youngling to Padawan as well. I mean, they were obviously trying to do those comparisons there. I would mm-hmm. I, I would like to issue a notes app apology to Ragnar. Um <laughs> in our last episode, or maybe the one before that, I said that his helmet looked kind of like clown behavior, um, and it looked kind of stupid. <laughs> but then like And that's because it does. <laughs> it does. But then like when Paz Vizel was like, that's my son, bitch, I'm a mother, and then <laughs> And then, like, he, like, grabs him or whatever, and, like, clearly their little outfits match. I was like, okay, like, I'll let you guys be corny together. I'm, Ragnar, I'm really, I'm really sorry that I clowned on your stupid little helmet that doesn't match your outfit. I'm sorry. It's, it's your family culture. I'm, I should be canceled. I'm problematic. Maybe they should get him a matching outfit then. Like, Paz, what are you doing? Your son needs to slay more. You need to get him a better outfit. I would like to issue a formal apology to Paz Vizsla um, because I think that he is the goofiest character ever. And I love making fun of him, especially in Book of Boba Fett. I was roasting his ass. And now I'm like, oh, he has a son. He's like, he's like a character. This is like what they tried to do with Hawkeye in, um, in, um, oh my gosh, what is the name? In Age of Ultron, where they were like, nobody gives a fuck about this character because because he's not comics Hawkeye. If he was comics Hawkeye, people would give a fuck. But they're like, nobody gives a fuck about this character, so we're going to give him a family to make people care about him. It did not work for him. Not for me, at least. It worked for Paz Vizsla. And now I'm like, he's a father. And he cares, and he respects other people. It's given him It's given him perspective. He's a lot like Din in that way. He just needed a son to make him care about the world. Um, I want to do the opposite of Ollie. <laughs> I still do not respect you, Paz Vizsla. I don't care if you have a son. I'll beat up you and your son. I don't care. No, I would not. I would not actually beat up Ragnar. He has done nothing so far. Jess is like, me. I will punt you and your thirteen-year-old right into that lake. I'm not afraid. I'll feed you to the fucking gator. I was so happy about the gator again. I know it's a different gator because the first one did get killed, but. <laughs> Jess, um, I thought about you when the gator came on screen. I was like, oh my god, Jess is going to be so excited the gator is here. 
What was really funny is like, you know, at first when Ragnar had walked off to the edge of the water to be like sad because he's like, I got my ass kicked by a fucking baby. Um, I was like, oh my god, I hope the gator comes back and like attacks this child again. But no, it was a dragon. And I was like, damn, I miss you. But I guess it's because they did kill you. And then later on in the episode when they're near the water and the dragon is like falling into the water right before like it gets eaten by the fucking gator. I'm like sitting there watching. I was like, I hope the gator just shows up and eats this dragon like a la Jurassic World. And then literally after I said that it happened and I fucking started scream laughing in my room and Janelle who's sitting in my room not watching the episode with me but just chilling in there I was like why are you laughing <laughs> and I was like because my bestie the gator she came back I will I will say I respect Dave Filoni for being like I know it's Star Wars but I'm gonna just put whatever bullshit I want in it like in the Clone Wars he was like yeah fuck it I like Godzilla let's do the Zillow Beast and then he adds like the dark Wait, saber. I just realized that's why it's called the Zillow Beast. Are you fucking for real right now? No, oh my god. I just realized that too, Ali. <laughs> Wait. Can someone repeat that for me? No, what? Right the, the Zillow Beast from Clone Wars? Because Godzilla. <laughs> Are you fucking Aria? serious? Mel, 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 did you know that? No, I did not. However, <laughs> it's really important for me to state. Never have seen that arc. I didn't see that fuck? arc either, Mel. Snow Beast arc is pretty good. It has some of Mace Windu's slayest moments. I'm yeah. sorry that I didn't see that arc either. So, wow, it's very Wait, fun. but his Zillow Beast isn't fans. even. Oh my god, I have beef with that as a Godzilla enjoyer. But I, anyways, I was just like <laughs> things like okay, the Zillow Beast. Um, fucking, he's like with the with the. <sighs> With the dark saber, he's like, "Yeah, fuck it. We're gonna make the Mandalorian. We're gonna go do so much Arthurian legend. I know this is a samurai space western, but I've decided to make it Arthurian legend. Sorry, fam." And then this time around, he's like, "You know what? Knight in shining armor. His son's wearing chainmail. He's he's wearing uh. There's dragons. And and then he was like, and what if it was Jurassic World? Fuck it. And I was like, you know what?" I I do respect the the mixing of the genre. I just I'm I I respect it quite a lot, sir. Um, I hope Shonen anime is next. I mean, we already talked about Naruto, so you know, whatever. I hope there's a musical episode next. My God, that would rock so much. No, Grogu's okay. like da 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 ba da ba ba da. He has like a little little cane. Din and Bo-Katan's Barbershop Quartet. Let's talk about it. Here's what I want to say. If it was a musical... Yes. If it was a musical episode, would it be like a Once More With Feeling from Buffy where it's like there's a canonical reason they're all stuck singing? Or would it be like a non-canon kind of thing? Or would it just not be explained? it, It would be canon. They would all sing for the entire episode and then it's just never discussed. It's like Psych the Musical. Yes. Alternatively, they do a thing like um, the Rogers the musical where there is like a diegetic musical in it. And it's like, I know we've joked about this before where they were like a bad version of the Hamilton of of Star Wars history. But like there's like a musical that has like inaccurate galactic history. I think would be very funny about like a character we know and love. I Okay, that's why I have posited on this show. I believe on this show before, but definitely on Twitter. Man. A Jedi musical. 
No. Okay. I did just have the, I, when you guys talking about that, the only thought that went through my head was, oh my God, wait, they could do, Bo-Katan and Din could do the Glee cast version of Creep by Radiohead. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was about to say something and I've decided not to say it. Tell us. You have to tell us. You have to tell us. I feel like Din and Bo are, <laughs> are a lot like... <laughs> Or a lot like Santana. <laughs> what's Chris? What's Chris? Kurt. Kurt. Speak your truth. Speak your fucking wait, truth. Wait, wait, no, because wait. is the armor coming up to dinner in a hallway and be like, you know, your generation something like getting slushied. <laughs> so wait. what? You like show tunes? That doesn't mean you're gay. It just means you're okay. awful. No, wait, 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 everybody. I'm thinking now there's an episode of Glee in which Finn Hudson loses his virginity to Santana. And that is Din Djarin and Bo-Katan because she is a lesbian and he is like, I've never had sex before. I'm, <laughs> I can't with this. Guys, I know, here's something I have to say is like, I know a lot about Glee. I watched Glee when it was on and I'm like, I don't feel like we can't start making Glee comparisons because it'll be all downhill for me. Consider Boba Fett doing the Glee version of I bust your windows out your car. <laughs> I don't know why he would do it, but Boba Fett as Mercedes Jones is so real. <laughs> That's so. Wait, who's just... who's Tina? No, because I could talk about how the writers treated Tina like shit. Fennec. So Tina doesn't have much of a kid. <gasps> because the two most slay people, Boba and Fennec, Mercedes and Tina... Yeah, and also they treated both of both Tina and Fennec low-key like, like shit. shit. Yeah. Like, did not give them cohesive characters. Yeah. And also we know Bo we know Boba is the most slay Mandalorian. He's slaying the house boots down just like Mercedes. Yeah. So we really should talk about how Hollywood treats Asian women, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still living in the world Mel created where Din Djarin and Kurt Hummel are the same character. First okay, of all, because that creates a universe where Din Djarin said, hi, my name is Din Djarin. I'll be auditioning for the role of kicker. And it also creates a world okay. in which <laughs> there's so many fucked up things. First of all, who is Blaine and why is it by default Cobb Band? <laughs> yeah, would he not wear that stupid gay little outfit? He so would also also Cobb Vanth singing Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. I know it would give. I know it would give. I need it more than water and air. Cobb Vanth saying Katy Cats, can you put your paws in the air? <laughs> wait, wait. When di- when Owen Kurt, aka Din Jarin, sings Rose's turn. <laughs> Din's turn? Wait, stop. That's really too good. <laughs> Wait, this is our silly episode, guys. <laughs> because it was a silly episode of The Mandalorian. Like, we have nothing to say because it was it was fun. Like, I, but I, I'm sorry. I, you know that scene where Santana comes up to Rachel Berry and just drags her for like two minutes? It's like in a really iconic monologue. I feel like it's in one of the later seasons. It's in season six. It's in she's season dragging, six. She's dragging Kurt because he said she and Brittany should not get married. Yeah. Because they're too young. Is. But also, who is the Rachel Berry of The Mandalorian? Mel, I feel like you have something you want to say, but you don't want to say it. Because it, it's controversial, and I'm afraid it's going to get me canceled. Because no, but you've been right before. Say it. Say your truth. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I'm so fucking lootly. I agree 100%. You are so no, right. Oh my god, wait. No, because you're not going to tell me Luke Skywalker is joining like the, the student unions for classes that he is not in. For groups like a Rachel Berry and the African American Student Union 
that is Luke Skywalker because he's trying to get extracurriculars to prove that he is like, I can be a Jedi. Luke Skywalker singing fucking Barbara Streisand. Funny guy. Wait, wait, wait. Is the Jedi Order Niata? Oh, shut the fuck up. Obi-Wan played by Adina Menzel. (laughs) No, no, babe. No, babe. Anakin played by Adina Menzel. Oh, what I wanted to say actually did have to do with the tangent. Um, yeah, a lot didn't happen in this episode, like in the larger like universe. I think this is the problem I have is that I really enjoy the Mandalorian for the fact that like it d- does go off on these weird little tangents where it's just like this is this is nothing. Go girl, give us nothing. But also, it was fun. It was like an enjoyable little little tidbit into this world, right? And so I think. I really wish that this show had like even four more episodes I think could really benefit it because like I feel like in previous seasons and this is why I think a lot of people are having issues with it this season it's like there's like an overarching theme or idea that's going on right and season three we had that for a moment of Din being like I need to go to the minds of Mandalore and do that but it got resolved so quickly all of the girlies are like oh my god nothing's happening and I'm like okay well it's okay that that nothing's happening right now. And especially because John said, you know, they don't have like a an ending in mind for this. And there's the, the one natural conclusion is the sequel trilogy um, or some god awful heir to the empire adaptation. Really? I'm so afraid of that being what's going to happen. I like, I have nightmares about it. I wake up in a cold sweat being like, oh, where's Pelion? Because in the Bad Batch, they are on Mount Tantus, and I just like I'm like, we can't keep going towards Heir to the Empire. Canon Thrawn, I'm I'm rescuing you. I'm taking you away. As a podcast, are you advocating for um there should be more filler episodes? Filler episodes are good, actually, because I do. I'm advocating for that. Um, I I feel like it has to be very specific, like quote unquote filler, because like yes, this was filler in the sense that nothing really happened super plot relevant however like I still feel like it was just more of like a character centric episode where we found out more about kind of like Bo-Katan's inner issues going on that she's processing and also Grogu's which I would also like to talk about that well I mean um isn't that what filler episodes are like filler episodes people call them filler but like a filler means that it's not furthering the plot it's usually furthering character or world building and then this one it was character for Bo-Katan and Grogu that's fair enough I think I have just a twisted perception of it because the Bad Batch was just so much of just like bullshit nothingness yeah Yeah, this is also why I'm like I don't love the use of the term filler because I'm like I didn't I like this episode a lot because I felt like I got to see a lot of character development that I really enjoyed also just because like Bo-Katan's connection to her own Mandalorian Ness is really fascinating to me and I'm like really enjoying getting to like watch her sort of explore what is and isn't relevant to her like the scene where they were like oh well like you're the hunting party leader so like you get to have the campfire and she was like oh shit this is really interesting I don't know how I feel about this like that was a cool scene I also love that when the armorer was like you didn't see a mythosaur queen I hope this helps <laughs> like I enjoy but like I don't know I, I like the character building stuff this episode didn't have a lot of plot but also to Mel's point of like having more episodes. Yeah, I think it does. I think it could really benefit from having like more time because I think a lot of what the season is trying to be about 
is like Mandalorian identity and like how do you relate to your culture? How do different people relate to your culture? But also they seem sort of like unwilling to actually like dive headfirst into those themes. So instead we're sort of like skimming the surface a little bit, which I don't totally mind, but it is a critique that I have. I always like to think of like purpose and like purpose within a franchise and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, when we're thinking, cause I know people are having conversations about right now about like, um, you know, there should be more star Wars movies or what's the point of star Wars TV shows and like all this, whatever, and not just in star Wars, whatever. And for me, I'm like the benefit of a, of a TV show is that you can marinate in something and you can stay there for a little bit. A movie has a specific structure and tells a story in a certain amount of time. And, and you fit the story. I like fitting the story to the medium. And the problem with TV has been, they haven't been doing that a lot lately. And, what is compelling, in, especially in Star Wars, and I, I like is often when we do Star Wars TV, it is usually using a character or a set of characters as the focal point to examine a particularly tumultuous time in galactic history. So obviously in the Clone Wars, we have Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, and the clones as the focal point to talk to look at that point in history. You know, in the Bad Batch, it's the Batch themselves to look at the the transition into you know from the um, from the republic into the empire for uh for the mandalorian it's what does the transition time like what does it after return of the jedi what does this look like and it's through the eyes of two two refugees two survivors of two different genocides and like figuring out what their culture and what it means to them in a society that is trying to figure out wh- what they are about and the whole and like so last time we had like what's the general political vibe right now we have like here's the kind of the cultural vibe of these two cultures the jedi and the mandalorians like we're the whole point of having a tv show is so that you can marinate and explore those things because in a movie you don't have the time to do that like that's the whole reason we're here so that's why when mel's like yeah like we should have more episodes, whatever. It's like, yeah, because why the fuck else are we here then? Like, if you just want to tell a straight up story, then make a movie. You know what I mean? It's like, I like when we're, I mean, and we've talked about this when we were like, yeah, I think the book of Boba Fett should have been, you know, an arc in a larger TV show, whatever. Like the whole point is that we're examining a point in time and we're vibing, whatever. So we're doing, we're doing character development, but we're also doing world building. We're also like, we're using these characters to explore what does the Star War mean at this point in time? And I think that that's interesting. So when people are like, oh, it's not going anywhere, whatever, I'm like, I would I would like them to have a plan maybe, but that's a different story. Um, but I'm like, also, we, we do know where it's going. Like, they're, they're, they're telegraphing Dr. Pershing because, like, obviously, Grogu's ass is going to get got again. Let's be real. Like, we know, we know what's occurring. Uh, and, and, you know, all, all of that. But, but this time he can throw hands. Yeah, but this time Grogu's going to w- throw hands and he's wearing weights. So when Thrawn tries to punt him into the moon, he can fight back. That's season eight of The Mandalorian, guys. I've guessed it. Eight? We better not be getting eight of these. <laughs> what if this, what if they try to turn this into like the Star Wars Game of Thrones that ends up having like eight seasons, but it's like half the runtime? They mean they got three dragons now too. Remember, they're like, "Oh, we got some new foundlings." Okay, that was Don't. funny as shit because I was like, "Is Bo-Katan ship a clown car? Where the fuck were those?" In Axe Wolves' room. 
They were uh, they were un- they were in the overhead compartment, guys. Come on, y'all know how planes work. AKA Axe Woves' room. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Axe Woves be like, good night, guys. Lying down in the overhead compartment. <laughs> He's luggage, a lot like Reese Silas. That's where they were. Okay, have we considered that Axe Woves is a descendant of Reese Silas? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Do we want to talk about the whole the Order sixty six flashback? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. That game. Uh, that Slade. I'll be real. Originally, when I was like, when the banging was happening, and I was like, "Oh, great, we're going back to Order sixty six. I'm so excited to see it for a ninetieth time in the same show." But then it actually was like very slayful and a wonderful experience, and I really enjoyed it. I I just want to say, number one, I cried. Number two, um. I do love that they finally gave us some more information and that they like they're like Grogu is having a PTSD flashback. But also like we see like also when Din got new parts of his armor, we saw flashbacks of his trauma. I don't know what all that's about. But anyway, um, but I, I did like how like, you know, this is a bit this is a big thing. Like who saved Grogu in the t- like it's a big thing. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to string it along anymore. We're going to show it, whatever. And I just have to say, for all of Dave Filoni's faults, for all of his criticisms, you know, his whole job has been, I am the I am the, the Ahsoka to George Lucas's fucked up Anakin. I will be spending my life and my career fixing his wrongs. I And he has made many a masterpiece, the Clone Wars, the Rebels. But I'm sorry, his best work has got to be giving Ahmed Best a role where he is slaying the house boots down and you can see his face because fuck you, George Lucas, for giving him Jar Jar Binks. I was like, Dave Filoni, this is your biggest slay ever. I'm st- sorry, y- you win. Um, also, and then for him to like pick up another lightsaber and start dual, wil- dual wielding, you know what? Some fan service is good. Also, hi, Star Wars fans. That is what a cameo actually is. Not a character that exists showing up. <laughs> I'll have you know that this was not just a cameo. Kelleran Beck is already an existing character in Star Wars I from that. the Star That's... Wars Jedi Temple Challenge because David Filoni respects visual media only. Listen, I knew that Ahmed Best had played a Jedi at some point. Didn't know where. Didn't know he had a name. So seeing him, first of all, was very exciting because the moment he came on screen, I gasped. But I also want to talk about his drip. Literally? Um, his gold embossed robes. I'm like, okay, High Republic Stan. Okay, how come none of the other Jedi were serving? It's because like he you stands Comac Vitus and Orla Jereni. Keller and Beck was standing them. Keller and Beck and Obi-Wan Kenobi are in the Orla Jereni fan club on Coruscant. It's only the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so what are our final thoughts on the episode? I thought those big fucked up birds were really funny. And I also really want to see the Glee AU of the Mandalorian specifically because I want to see Pedro Pascal sing Rose's turn. That's all. And he would slay it to be fair. He would really give also, I do feel like him. I feel like, okay, I don't know if they ever perform Chicago and Glee, but the idea of Din Djarin playing um, Roxy Hart. Yeah. I want Din Djarin to play Roxy Hart. Absolutely. I'll say that. Um, my final thoughts on the episode. I thought it was good. I thought it was really fun. Um, I really liked playing in this space where it's like, we're getting to learn about the characters because they're doing silly little things. And I'm also like, was not expecting, we all saw like Dave Filoni writ- wrote this episode alongside John Favreau. 
So I know we were all kind of expecting there to be a bunch of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. I was really excited with like, I feel like we got a good mix of like lore and a good mix of character building. I just really, I was tickled by this episode. I liked it. Yeah, I... I will say my one thing is whenever I see Dave Filoni's name, I'm like, where the fuck is Sabine Wren? It's a show that's called The Mandalorian. I haven't heard a peep about her. There's another Dave episode coming up. We literally, if I don't see nor hear, and we already talked about Satine needing to be mentioned. If I don't see or hear about Sabine Wren fucking quickly, because that's another kind of Mandalorian, I I will start throwing hands. Um, My general consensus on this episode was... I hope Keller and Beck. I hope you get a book. I hope you get a comic. I hope you get a spinoff TV show. I'm obsessed with your mind. Um, a med best hive. Let's go. Um, I'm really obsessed with thinking about the the implications that like they already had some shit ready to go. I hope he is in that little Jedi smuggling pipeline with Quinlan Voss. I hope he meets the like, Mantis crew. Um, I think I think they would really vibe. Anyways, um. And I like when Star Wars is silly and stupid and everyone's like, oh, it's boring, whatever. I'm like, well, maybe you guys just don't like when people address their trauma and figure their shit out and go hunt stupid little animatronic animals. Because I think that's fun. And I think TV does have to get back to being silly and stupid. So maybe you guys just hate fun. Don't rain on my parade. is time for our favorite segment name that ship this is a segment where one of our hosts or one of our listeners will send us a fan fiction that has a fun interesting innovative main ship we will read off the tags the characters any relevant information so our co-hosts will have to guess who the main ship is are we ready to play you know I am. Okay. I have one today that was sent in by a listener. They are um, the Moa Bird on Tumblr, T-H-E-M-O-A-B-I-R-D on Tumblr. Thank you so much for sending this in. Um, Something I will also say, this is written by someone, a fan fiction author who I have read fan fictions from before who I very much enjoy. So I'm very excited to bring this. I think this is an amazing fan fiction. I've read it. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I say this with 100% sincerity. So this is character A slash character B. Character A, character B, mentions of other characters. Morning cuddles. Attempted lazy morning. Fluff. Established relationship. Character A is husband-shaped. TM. Implied morning after. There's, like, a bit of angst, but it's mostly fluff. And, uh, that's it. I, I, I feel like there's, there's no other relevant information that I can give you that won't give it away. Damn, okay. man, this is hard. So, it, would you say, are these two characters that have interacted in canon before? No, they have not. I feel like it's one that, it, when you hear the combination, you're like, oh, I could see where they could have interacted, but they're not characters who you would assume have any sort of association whatsoever. Is one tech. One is not tech. No. <laughs> I have to say it before Noah because it was like Noah will bring up tech. No, I said um I said I liked this, so <laughs> I was gonna ask you if one of them was Helen Richardson, but alas. 
Yeah, it's actually Helen Richardson slash Obi-Wan Kenobi. This okay. is perfect. Wait, they could get along, actually. <laughs> no, they fucking would not. Is it? Anyway. Two men. Um, it is two men. Thank you, Claudia. Is, <laughs> is Din Djarin one of them? No. Is any of them a Mandalorian? No. A Jedi? Yes, one of them is a Jedi. Character B is a Jedi. But not Is it Quinlan Voss? It's not Quinlan Voss. Uh, and is, character is, A is not a Jedi. Two men. Is it? Are they characters from the prequel era? Clone Wars era? Yes, from the prequel era. But they... And Clone Wars, yes. Okay. Anakin Skywalker. Both... Not Anakin Skywalker. Are they both human? Neither of them are human. Oh, oh I was going to ask, is it real Alvaros? I would love for it to be real. I Guys, we need more real Alvaros fix. So if anyone, yeah. if anyone has any, send them my way. Real Alvaros is... X-Reader. So is... true. Is one of them Yoda? Neither of them are Yoda. Is okay, so they're both not human. From the Clone Wars prequels era, Jess. Okay, he was alive. Yeah, no, Zeb might be alive. Zeb probably alive. Actually, Zeb was alive, but (laughs) he was not in the film. Is is is, so? These are characters who were introduced in the Clone Wars or the prequels. Were they introduced in the Clone Wars or the prequels? Both were introduced in the movies. One of them was in the Clone Wars. Is one of them Kit Fisto? No, Plo Koon. But I like one of them is Plo Koon. Character B is Plo Koon. Shit. Okay, so and the other tag was that character A is husband shaped. Yes, correct. And character okay. A is from the movies or no? Yes. Characters- oh, because Plo Koon does technically show up in the movies. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I said they're both in the movies. Oh, but only Plo Koon has been in Clone Wars. This other character has not been in Clone Wars. Is it? But this other character has been in other pieces of media. Dexter Jetster. Not- it is Dexter <laughs> Jetster. <laughs> Um, so this is hey, Dex. wait, no, this, this is, gives, no, it's, it's, Okay, it's Dex slash Plo Koon. It is okay. just like a tender like morning after where they're just kind of cuddling and hanging out. All right. It's like, I really am obsessed with it. It's by an author who has written a lot of like Plo Kit. So I really like it. Um, This is called In the Eye of the Beholder by Penguin Kiwis on AO3. Okay. So, yeah, I would recommend it. It's a very fun read. Also, extensive amounts of Plo Kit and you haven't sent links to me? I, I went on a plo kit deep dive honestly probably before we even met claudia which feels so long ago but i'll 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 get a i'll get some stuff i'll, thank I'll you. get to the goods and with that thank you so much for joining us this week for rube helps pod race episodes usually drop on sunday for updates star wars news more curse shit you can follow us on social media at rube helps pod race do you want to ask us a question you can send it to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr Askbox, or you can email us. We're rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast. Tell a friend who might be interested. Those all really help us spread our agenda. And without further ado, may the force be with you and don't crip it up. Waka waka. This is waka waka. waka. This is the waka waka. waka.